You're listening to episode 253 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Well, I've been gone for a namic five minutes from the show, and uh, I've been feeling really anxious because I don't think I remember how to podcast. So I was really hoping that someone on the show could kind of give me pointers on how to be a podcaster again. Okay, so A, I'm not sure you ever knew how, but <laughs> B, who were you hoping to give you pointers? Well, not Marco, because I know he doesn't know how either. Okay. But uh, I was thinking, Pete, could you uh, can you help me be a podcaster again? Well, that doesn't count. Pete's just loud. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. That's about 50% of being a podcaster. Uh, the other 25% is having a look. You're already a white guy with a beard, so you got that part nailed down. Uh, so I think at this point, probably the best thing that we could do get you in the hyperbolic time chamber. You know, um, <laughs> we we'll put on the we'll put on the, you know we'll give you a weighted microphone, and uh, I I think we just we sit there. You know, we have you record a couple thousand hours worth of podcasts, and maybe you'll get to something assembling a, a decent podcast host at the end of that. You know. So, Sean, what do you think? Maybe instead of dropping this episode on Monday, we can drop this episode on Tuesday so I can spend a full day in the hyperbolic time chamber, which is, of course, a year of my life. And maybe, just maybe, I'll be really good at it. There will be no delays on this podcast, (laughs) But you know, the person that I was going to suggest might be able to help you was Kale. (sighs) He's in the hyperbolic time chamber right now, isn't he? No, he's actually sitting at home on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he's he's the best of us. He doesn't even need to show up for work. I thought he was no. training or something for uh, quizzes or something. Wrong. Yeah. But uh, the reason that's wrong is because Kale doesn't have to train. Kale has an empty head. Uh, <laughs> with the exception of comic book related knowledge. And therefore... He will be putting that to the test once again uh, on Quistery, Journey into Quistery, which for you guys listening, you're hearing me talk. It already aired, but uh, you should go back and tune in because that is available on YouTube. Uh, We do drop that and then it should be archived on Twitch. The VOD will be up later this week. Right. So uh, check that out. Uh, We've got a lot of fun stuff going on here. If you want to support us, make sure you leave us a follow, a rating, and a review wherever you're listening. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know when we drop new stuff. All that's free to do. Helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Check out our latest book club, which drops tomorrow if you're listening on Monday. And if you're not, it's already out. Maximum Carnage. We did this in preparation of a movie that will not release this year. Venom (laughs) 2, Let There Be Carnage. So hopefully the numbers will get run up whenever the movie comes out. Maybe we'll mm. get lucky. We'll have to do a second Carnage book club. Hell yeah. 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 We'll do, uh, Maximum year uh, Carnage. Well, we could do uh, Absolute Carnage. That's right. That's right. That's true. Well, we one also thing... got Extreme Carnage. That's right. And then is it is it United States of Carnage? Is that the one yes, where indeed. he took yeah. over Kansas? That's right. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, well, one thing I could say about this book club is that it rules just like Carnage. It does. With a Z. <laughs> With a Z. That episode did rules. <laughs> uh, you know what else ruled? This week in news. Uh, oh, 
Shawnee. I don't think that. Yeah. Oh, Shawnee. I'm excited. I mean, listen. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is the week. Uh, in a in a crazy sequence of events that in a roundabout way did something that I really hate to admit, but it proved Marco right. In a roundabout way, <laughs> we're gonna get to that. I'm not giving him full cred. Ooh. Okay. That's okay. You, you shouldn't. Um, we're gonna be talking about the release of the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Finally, after many years, this is the movie that I've been waiting for. This is this is like my end game. Okay. Yeah. Uh so I can't wait. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Who who's more hyped, Sean? Us or Toby McGuire, who's relevant for the first time in 20 years after he saw his name trending on Twitter? Damn. Definitely us, because I don't think he gives a shit about this. <laughs> I just don't. I don't think Toby McGuire cares. I don't appreciate the sideswipe at Toby, okay? <laughs> Sorry. He was I, your Spider-Man of a generation. He was our Spider-Man. <laughs> Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man, but I don't think he cares about being in a movie. I think he's grown past it. Hey, he's not Spider-Man. Though, you know, people are talking about him. I mean, he's barely acted in the last uh, fifteen years or so. <sighs> is that true? Maybe he's done a bunch of indie stuff that we never heard of. I thought I read that 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 he had he had stepped away from acting for a long while. Maybe I mean, I, maybe he has just been in obscurity. When you just nail it the first time, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, Seabiscuit, man. Wasn't he just in that? Oh, <laughs> holy shit! I feel a hundred. First of all, I really like Seabiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I never nope. saw it. It's just funny. It is, but I just had one of those moments where I'm like, oh no, I'm getting old and time is moving too fast. I was like, wasn't he just in The Great Gatsby a couple of years ago? That movie oh. is almost ten years old. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an attempted career renaissance for him. He did like this show I remember called like The Towers of Babylon or something. It was like a comedy show by Will Ferrell. No one cared about that show. Toby Maguire probably hates acting. Mm. He probably hates the fat. No, not acting. I'm sorry. He probably hates Spider-Man. He, he probably hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man ruined his career. Yeah. Spider-Man made it so that Toby Maguire is not any, any, uh, an actor that anyone wants to see outside of Spider-Man. Damn. On the flip side, yesterday I watched... Uh, Actors do these like timeline things where they go over their entire careers. And I watched Willem Dafoe go over his. And the way he talked about Spider-Man, he was like, oh, it was the most fun I ever had. It was like being a circus performer. My man loves that. Did you guys see the deleted scene from Spider-Man 2 that's been floating around? Amazing. Amazing. So it's Willem Dafoe who showed up on the set of Spider-Man 2 when they were filming the sequence where Doc Ock is like, um, you know, he's working on that machine with his four arms where like that's when they fuse to him or whatever. That's that sequence. Yeah. And Doc um, Alfred Molina is offset. He walks onto the set to see Willem Dafoe performing as Doc. Ock. <laughs> it's incredible. Did a great job. It's, it's incredible. so good. He did do a great job, but it's really funny because it's Willem Dafoe. Like this guy is insane. Mm-hmm. He's a little freak. I love him. Perfect Green Goblin, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk all about Spider-Man No Way Home and our feelings about all things Spider-Man um, a little bit later. We're also going to talk about uh, the, the new major rumors surrounding Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Shang-Chi's next week, if you can believe that. Holy Wait shit. a minute, it is? Yeah, sure Oh, my is. God. 
What? Oh, so Sean, we'll be... I can't see that movie. It's in theaters. It's not on Disney Plus. Uh, well, listen, man. You know, I don't know what to tell you. you better ma- double, triple mask up. <laughs> Put a face shield on. Uh, you got the jab. I gotta get a. Um, I gotta get a hazmat suit so I can go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we know the new creative team behind Batman, uh, and the cinematographer behind the Flash says that the the movie's not a comic book movie, and that pissed off a lot of people. So <laughs> we're gonna talk about all that stuff a little bit later. Before we get into that, we do have some. Listener comments, you guys blew up our mentions this week, so we want to uh, read those on the air and give you our thoughts. So, Pete, take it away. All right. So, uh, this first one comes from Kilgore Trout, who wrote in on episode 252 last week's show and said, I don't know about you guys, but I have zero plans to subscribe to Substack. If these guys don't have another venue that's going to reach comic shops at some point, then I'm just going to be passing on whatever they create. Yeah. Um, so... I actually didn't. I, I neglected to mention this last week, but I subscribed to my first Substack, which was Scott Snyder's Substack, nice. uh, the the our best jacket Substack, uh, because I wanted to take the class. And the first mm. class was this past Wednesday. It was amazing. Uh, he brought out Greg Capullo as a special guest oh, cool. to reflect on Court of Owls and use Court of Owls as a teachable moment for, uh, you know, what it's like to break in at the big two. Um, some of the trials and tribulations that he endured actually working on Batman. And they they spilled some tea. It was It was kind of surprising how honest they were about what that experience was really like. Um, and it sounds like DC was kind of messy to work for. Hmm. Um, just surprise, one, surprise. One quick one I'll give you. Um, it was the last issue of Court of Owls. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo had a rocky relationship throughout the first seven issues of that. Yeah. Um, but then when they did the issue that, that twists and turns um, while Batman is in the labyrinth, uh, they found their relationship through working on that issue and having to unite against DC who didn't want to do that at all. Um, but on the last issue, they were at press. It was being printed and Scott Snyder receives a phone call while he's in target and it's DC saying, Hey, I uh, just want to let you know uh, we stopped the presses. We just needed to pull the issue back. Uh, we had to make a couple of changes, but it's no big deal. Don't worry. Um, it'll still be out on time. And Scott's like, oh, so what are you changing? And they're like, oh, just a couple of things. No, no worries. And he's like, yeah, but what is it? Like, just a just a little dialogue tweak. We need to do another pass. He's like, what's the dialogue? They're like, don't worry about it. He's like, I worked for eleven days on that dialogue, so I need to know what you're changing. And uh, they said, well, the higher ups don't like the idea that in the end, Batman doesn't figure out who whether or not Lincoln March was really his brother. Uh, they feel that that diminishes Batman as a character. So we need to change that to Batman getting a paternity test and learning that Lincoln is, in fact, not his real brother. And Scott Snyder said, if you do that, take my name off it. I will go on Twitter. So will Greg. And we will say that you did that. And that wasn't our that wasn't our book. Um, and he texts Greg in a fury. Greg said, I stand by you. He called his rep at DC. They went haywire over it. They had a big fight. That's crazy. And we ultimately got the story we were supposed to get. But yeah, that's what that's, that's fucking wild. I can't believe he, well, I guess I can believe it, right? Because like when it's behind a paywall, um, right. 
you're probably a little more bolder about what you'll say. Yeah. But then you got jokers like me who get on a podcast and just tell you. We're like, oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> well, listen, guys, we read Multiversity. We all know fuck the monitors, right? <laughs> yeah. Grant said, um, fuck the monitors. <laughs> but it was great. Worth the money for sure. I think especially if you've never like taken a class about writing or anything like that, uh, you'll get a lot out of it. And uh, hearing firsthand experience from someone who's doing it now, who's on top now, uh, priceless. I don't think there's ever been an opportunity like this before. I say all that to say that is the only Substack I will likely be subscribing to. Uh, I think most of the other ones have already announced plans to release their books in stores physically at some point um and if they don't i think they're just missing out on money on the table yeah that was something that um i I was surprised to see kilgore bring this up again because i know um it was something that came up uh during our initial conversation and kale had kind of made this point and um and yeah it was just something that like i was kind of struggling why anyone would think that would be the case Right. Because like you think about the Substack situation, like it's it's an opportunity to make more money. Right. It's an additional stream of revenue and an additional option for monetization. Um, but I, I can't imagine that in a scenario where Substack claims no ownership over your IP and has no rights to publishing or anything like that. Why wouldn't you publish the book and put it out in comic book stores and put it on Comixology? All you would be doing would be limiting your revenue streams, which doesn't make any sense. You know, so I think like if if you don't want to support any of these Substacks or you don't like feel like that's the way you want to read these books, don't. That's fine. I'm I I would bet money that they all come out somewhere. Tempted by Jonathan Hickman. If it was if it was a physical subscription service, I'd one thousand percent have done it already. Mm. I just can't get with the digital part. Yeah, that, that's one that I'm waiting for like another like few weeks for more content, and then I'm gonna subscribe and see what they they lay out because they're still like in the planning phases for a lot of their ideas the first issue i think either already just dropped or it drops next week of three moons three worlds three whatever the hell yeah Yeah. there was like some preview art uh i think that they released in an email Mm -hmm. uh thanks though kilgore for writing in yeah thanks for writing uh speaking of which kilgore wrote in uh again on uh I, I think it was on that same episode and said yeah. the teaser trailer came out like an hour ago because we were yeah. talking about how we were like, there's definitely going to be a Spider-Man trailer. I bet you it comes out at CinemaCon. Like, we were so confident it was coming out this week. And oh, fun fact, we were fucking right. <laughs> yeah, sounds we'll like tell a, that story later. <laughs> sounds like Kogor gives me the credit. No, I don't think that's what's mm, I don't. Happened. I don't. Is that what happened? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So uh, Mitchell Leap wrote in on this same episode and said hello to the pals i'm always on the lookout for look out for indie spanish language comics any chance there is an online presence slash storefront for the shop that marco referenced in puerto rico ah uh, man i don't think so um it's probably like a they have like a facebook page that's pretty much all they really have i'm sure if you reach out uh to metro comics you might be able to um they have a few uh, a few like pre-built out messenger uh answers like can you recommend me something how much do your products cost can someone assist me etc um but it doesn't look like they have an actual like web page so unfortunately not but try try to message them if you can cool uh always like hearing you from you mitchell uh definitely please do keep writing in yeah thanks for writing in mitchell 
Uh, all right, so this one comes from definitely not Sean Soapbox, who wrote in and said, the amount of emotion Sean brings when talking about Chadwick Boseman gives me life, heart. Good comment. Yeah, uh, thank you. Definitely not. Um, you know, that's a subject that is very close to my heart. And um, unfortunately, you know, Chadwick is someone that I would love to celebrate all the time, but uh, you know, there, there aren't always opportunities to speak about him. So when it happens, you know, I, I want to take it and, you know, I get taken over by how I feel. So, yeah. That's definitely my favorite listener. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> and I know who they are. So it's uh, unfortunate that the entire summer went by and not one of you figured out who this is. It's really sad. That's Don, a shame. Can I give it a shot? Go ahead. I think it's Catherine Stars. It's not. <laughs> nice try, Marco. Yeah, I prefer I prefer to leave some things a mystery. You know, I don't need to know who's mm. who's behind the mask. Oh, I'll say yeah. this. I'll say this. If you guys paid attention, right, you would notice that there is a correlation between this comment mm-hmm. and someone speaking to us in some capacity. Very, very recently. Notice that definitely not has not commented in a while. Yeah. And there is someone who has also recently resurged. She Hulk. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That is a that is an inside joke on the discord. You you got to join. You got to join the discord. Yeah. Come join our discord. Yeah. Um, You know, I'll, I'll just say, you know, like definitely not Sean Soapbox is a symbol. Right. Like I don't it could be any one of us. That's what's so so amazing about the mantle. Um, so this this next comment comes from uh, Harris, who wrote it. It said, ah, Webtoons, that is my jam. This might be the bridge for potential weebs. As for the X-Men question, if whomever takes over for Hickman executes a good story, then it will be worthwhile. If not, then I'll drop it fast. By the way, picked up Made in Korea because of the reviews you guys did. And I'm enjoying it so far. Nice. That's Good awesome. Stuff. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love to love it when people take our, our recommendations and love it even more when they like the books. Um, yeah. Be cool like Harris and go read Made in Korea because it fucking slaps. Definitely worth your time. Sean and I had a, a real a good review of it last week. Yeah. For issue four. So go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the webtoons. Yeah, man. You know, that's you got to get these weebs in on Batman. He's a sad boy who wears all black. I don't see why they don't, you know, they'll get into him. <laughs> he doesn't wear all black. I mean, I guess it depends. Um, all right. So this next one comes from Baku Blade One, who said, I am disappointed by the Hickman news, but we could still get good versions of the major Hickman events. And that is what is important to me. I'm less excited to read the monthly comics, but we'll just have to wait and see what comes out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll super, see. super well-reasoned comment there. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. When it comes to all the Dawn of X stuff, I'm always super. It's never as good when it's not Hickman, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the unfortunate reality of it, uh, at least for me. Though I will say, uh, even though I wasn't on the review for it last week, uh, Trial of Magneto One was really, really, really good. Um, you didn't like it, Phil? It's fine. Oh man, I I was way into it i thought leah williams did a great job scripting and um i'm so curious where that stuff's gonna go like obviously you know like the the parts of them trying to like you know forensic 
figure out who killed her were a little bit hokey. Yeah. And I think that there was a better way to do that. But like the the parts of, you know, how Magneto was reacting to being accused and everything that happened there, I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, generally how Tyler and I felt about it when we did the review. Yeah. Um cool. Yeah, yeah. I I I we'll have to see what happens from here, but we're hoping for the best. <laughs> Preparing for the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right, so this next one comes from... Uh, it's another one from Harris on uh, What If Episode 3. Uh, Harris wrote in and said, Funny enough, I actually like this episode. It all made sense, even with the ending. I wouldn't mind a follow-up. Yeah, Marco and I had fun with Episode 3. Um, in general, I've, I've really been enjoying What If. Um, if you haven't already, go check out the reviews we've been doing. They've been doing a lot better on audio. I see a lot of you listening over there, but over on YouTube, struggling. So go check it out, please. <laughs> if you what want us to keep doing it. Out on YouTube. What? I said, what if y'all checked it out on YouTube? There you go. Uh, you nailed it. That's 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 an alternate reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this stuff has been uh it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think we had a good chat about it. Uh and, and some theories throwing out about like how some of these maybe are or not interconnected. Um because I think as I think that at some point these are some of these are gonna coalesce with each other. Boy, do I have a theory for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a little bit later. We'll get into that. Uh, thanks to all of you for writing in. Really, really appreciate that. If you guys listening want to do what they did, uh, they all chose to take to the YouTube comments. It's not what you have to do. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you'd like. Or wherever it is you're listening to us, I'm sure there's a comment box. Just hit us there. Or you can get us on social at the Comics Pals. We could use some more followers. So uh, head over there if you're not following us already cost you nothing you get to see you know what we post about during the week uh so come hang out with us over there let's uh let's you know what actually actually uh i want to do i want to do something different i want to ask you guys a question oh okay oh, okay uh would you would you say that the question is somewhat planned was it planned or, or is it kind of out of nowhere like this is actually co- genuinely kind of coming out of nowhere so so i mean because it's time for the red i'm going to i wasn't expecting the gyrations the kermit arms (laughs) (laughs) disturbing Uh, so my question actually comes from reddit and Mm. i saw it a while ago and i thought it was interesting uh interesting enough that i wanted to throw it out here as a random question uh it's a really simple one what C-list superhero do you most want to become A-list and why? Oh, uh, okay. Who, who deserves a push? Yeah, essentially. <sighs> mm. Can can for the sake of of uh, of scientific control, can we establish a good C-list character? Like, where do we draw the line at C-list? Like, uh, if Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Ant Man, I would say, is, no, he's probably a beast. not anymore, right? Like that's the thing; he's got a movie franchise now. Yeah. So that's, I guess, my question, right? Is there like, if you've starred in some kind of adapted series or something like that, does that push you up to B list? Yeah, if you have been more than a bit player in a movie. You are at least B list. Okay, even even like a star of a TV show, obviously, like Luke Cage, yeah. and Daredevil, all these characters are at least B list. At least B list at this point. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say so. Okay, so I think the um, the first one that came to mind for me, I don't know if I'll make this my final answer, but um, 
just having read the the first two issues of the new Moon Knight series, I'm like, oh. you know, I really fuck with Moon Knight. Like, Those I, two I I'm getting so good. I'm getting into him. Uh, but That's he's already got a movie so coming. He's got, he's got a TV, TV show or TV show, yeah. right? Right. Um, and like, you know, a movie star is playing him, so he's gonna be an A lister probably real soon. So he feels like a, a cop out. He's a guy who had a push coming for a while because he's had good run after good run after good run, you know? Yeah. He's he's on his way to being like a B-lister at the very least. I have an answer if you guys need time. Hit it. Hit it, Sean. Yeah. So my answer is The Century. Uh, I mm. love, love, love The Century. I have ever since he was first introduced. That character is a cornerstone of my favorite time of comics, which is, of course, the Bendis era marvel stuff um and he had the kind of arc you never get to see in comics one that felt fully complete yeah um the, they close the circle on that character and that's so unique but unfortunately because of that he's kind of been floundering ever since and i think that that's a character that people could really get behind i think he's a character that people could um rally with because he does struggle with mental illness but he is super powerful um so there is this idea of like you know mental illness not holding you back not letting your fears get the better of you those kinds of things that are core to the identity of that character um and i would love to see him you know take part in these movies and stuff like that so uh my answer is absolutely the century damn i have one yeah Right. Na- uh, good, Pete. Namor. Um, really? You don't think he's you don't a, think he counts? He's kind no. of a B-lister. Right. Okay, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like God, I feel like comics people know who Namor is, but I feel like he's such a like major player in the books and is like obviously completely absent. You know what's weird? Uh, I don't know if you guys experienced anything like this growing up, but in 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 as as a kid, when it came to like naming Mar- naming Marvel characters. Uh, People would bring up the Submariner, and I would always be like, how do you know who that is? Yep. He was one of the first Marvel characters I ever learned about because he was in the Avengers game. Yeah. The the Sega game. Oh. Very interesting. And I think he was also playable in the Spider-Man arcade game for some reason. These are the same people that would call Wolverine X-Man, too, in those days. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. That's weird. Marco, you seem to have one. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So it's going to be Wildcat. Oh, I like I, that answer a lot. Okay, I I really like the the character. I think it was in Batman: Brave and the Bold, and like that's where I first saw him. And then in some of the JSA stuff that I read, and it's he's a really cool character. Like I I like the the I like the spunk. I like the the aesthetic of him. Uh, I really think that that's a character that would do well in like a less straightforward sort of superhero beat him up kind of thing like he's a boxer so there's could be some like tie alongside uh that with like some sort of criminal corruption shit i think there's just like a lot of story there that they don't really they don't really touch on i'll tell you what that's a great answer because i can't think of who the hell that is wildcat oh he's the boxer dude yeah he like dresses in like a panther costume but not like like black panther like you can see his mouth and stuff Mm. Uh, did he like potentially train him on uh batman unboxing and stuff is that like the lore there i'm sure that's been written before but he's trained a bunch of people and like he's trained black canary i think that's like that's the most right. notable yeah, one yeah. he's like the mentor yeah because her mom the first black canary is part of the justice society so 
that's like the con that was the old continuity at least um mine's a little derivative of sean's answer but it's what made me uh it's what your answer made me think of uh mine would be mr majestic uh he is a character he's from wildstorm that i uh when i would kind of come up with story ideas uh when i wanted to like write in comics i had a lot of ideas for mr majestic uh and i wanted to play him as like an antagonist to like superman because mm. he's he himself is derivative of like the silver age superman and that he can like do literally anything he's got like a genius intellect and stuff uh as far as all the superman clones go he you know, it's like a one for one for that version of Superman. Whereas like many of the other Superman clones are like, uh, have a lot more artistic license, I would say, uh, as a spinoff. Um, I think he's a really cool, you know, we don't really have a character like him anymore in, in comic books. Uh, Cause I don't know if he works as like a protagonist anymore, but I think as like a major line wide antagonist, you know, that's your evil Superman, but you can do it much more because he's like a warlord too, uh, hmm. which is kind of like the uh, invincible kind of dealy. So uh, Mr. Majestic is a character I always wanted to have a spin at personally. And I think it'd be really cool if he was given another chance in comics because, you know, since the new 52, I think he's only appeared once in like the back matter of some book and didn't matter to anything. That's a great answer because once again, don't know who that is. Might even be D-List. <laughs> That's Maybe. a D-List. I've never heard of that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, he was in Wildcats. That was a really popular '90s uh, Wildstorm book. Uh, he appeared in The Authority. So, yeah. Wow, he's created by H.K. Uh, Proger and Jim Lee. Jim Lee. There you go. IP, you got one. Howard the Duck. Final answer. That's B tier too. How is he B tier? Are you kidding me? In a movie, yeah, in 1983, you picked a character who literally had a movie. All right, was in. Come on, just two weeks ago, he's in one C. Okay, so Cosmo, Cosmo's an A tier character. No, no, you got Cosmo. Cosmo's a great answer. Cosmo's a great answer. Howard the Duck had a movie, has had several <laughs> ongoing series, was in Endgame for a quick second. He was in uh, uh, Guardians. Please, please. In the but I want him to be an A tier character, though. He needs his it's own. It's not just about C tier. He needs his own show. In, in Journey to Quistro, we found out that his, his VHS is selling for like six figures or something. Six grand or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Probably Deep gone up after this. that What If episode. You're right. All right. One more shot, Pete. All right. All right. All right. Who's Who else is good that's like fucking super obscure? <laughs> huh? Yo, can I give another one? Yeah. Sure. Time. Shoot, bud. I like the spirit. I really think the spirit deserves a lot more respect. I think he, he, had, got, he, he had the movie, but I, it, it, didn't, it didn't go over. It did um, not. You're right and he's fallen into obscurity in the comic scene they've they've he's been in like rights hell for the past few years yeah while you're stalling i'll give a second answer uh, <laughs> marco your answer of wildcat inspired me to pick a jsa character as well hell i'm gonna yeah. pick dr midnight oh he, that's a good one i believe is the first superhero to have a disability like daredevil he's blind and i think it's interesting to kind of have a character that maybe focuses on like being like a first responder than huh. like an outright superhero. Like 
think of a, I think it'd be really cool to have like a run where his whole gimmick is like showing up to scenes to like help heroes have gotten lit the fuck up. Like you can, I think there's a good story that you can tell with something like that, like a medic superhero. I've got a second answer too. If this is what we're doing, yeah. shoot, uh, Brother Voodoo. Oh, that's a good choice. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Bendis era. This is the the person who would replace Doctor Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme for a beat. Um, he's got a really unique story. His brother died. And the, the spirit of his brother kind of like hangs around and stuff like that. Uh, Jericho Drum really loved that 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 character. I hope he makes an appearance in the MCU someday soon. All right, Pete. All right, Last I got shot. I got lapped you twice. I got two actually now, so I'll, okay, ca- I'll catch go. up here. I've already up had here. two. Well, I'll catch up because <laughs> you said that none of them count count. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, whatever, fine. Um, so I'll pick, I'm going to pick two, uh, very, very minor, uh, Robert Kirkman characters that okay, are supporting players in okay, Invincible, okay. uh, which are Tech Jacket and the Astounding Wolfman. So Tech Jacket is just like a kid who finds this like crazy alien suit and becomes a superhero and Wolfman much more interesting. He's a werewolf superhero. Love that. Nice. And he used to be like, cool. he's like a CEO and he's like on vacation and gets bitten by a werewolf. And then he's like, fuck, I guess I'll be a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> that totally works. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Pete. You're welcome, Sean. <laughs> All right. Now let's do the pals polls and talk about a character that I'm sure you would have picked if they didn't have a ongoing series that's popping right now yeah <laughs> uh, static you or i'm sorry i'm not why am i saying what you picked uh, that's well, okay. no i do say what you, you always uh, say it, yeah yeah that's right you picked static number three yeah and so did i um right so we've been we've been really enjoying static um sean and i and oh i said sean and i mark keep your little no, puss no, face no, to yourself no. uh <laughs> on uh <laughs> we we definitely called it out uh as one of the books that we were looking forward to um last week on uh, on our reviews and um yeah i i've i've really been digging static like i it's a character who i is definitely you know close to my heart um growing up watching the show and you know similarly to uh whichever obscure ass character marco just called out has been a victim of of rights hell for a long time um so seeing that it, it kind of seems like things have have finally landed um we'll see if that lasts but you know i'm hoping that this can be kind of like you know, uh, a jumping off point for um, for Static to kind of find that audience that I feel like that character deserves because this series has been really fun. The art is great. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, like it's definitely got that kind of teenage superhero like rhythm to it. But if you like that kind of book, it's a really good one. Can we, can we talk about how to elevate this book Pete stepped on the spirit. He's like, whatever Yo, obscure right? hero he was talking about. <laughs> Whoever the fuck that guy is. I didn't remember what you said, all right? <laughs> yeah, the, you know, spirit, super, super notable, of course. <laughs> Who oh. made him? If Kale Jack, was here, he'd be so mad. It's a Jack, Jack Kirby, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stan Lee. <laughs> that was a joke. It's a joke. Relax, everybody. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so much disrespect. <laughs> punk to the core (laughs) Marco chose Demon Days Cursed Web number one 
Yeah, this is by Peach Momoko. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the Demon Days X-Men series, uh, or I guess one-shot that came out a few months back. This is the third book of five in this like overall saga. So if I can get more of the flavor of this, it's like uh, older Japanese-inspired, uh, you know, the the samurai shogun era uh, it's just a, a mm. crazy interpretation that i think works so well in in and in her watercolor style uh it's a beautiful book super fun to just go through from a story perspective i'm very much looking forward to this awesome and then you also chose many deaths of lila star number five yo ram b is on fire and this series has been excellent uh the the premise, the execution, uh, the follow-through on this has been really, really strong. Uh, and Felipe Andrade and art has been knocking it out of the park. This is a, a really dynamic book, I think, from an art perspective. And from a story perspective, I, I think Ram, Ram really gets to experiment. There's an issue like where you view it from the perspective of a cigarette, but it's like super poetic because it covers the lives of these two different people and their relationship. And uh, he, he's doing a lot here they're both doing a lot honestly it's it's a it's a really strong creative team that is putting forward a, a very interesting story that i think um if you guys haven't uh if you guys haven't read this definitely catch up uh, or wait for the trade but this is well worth your time yo how cool is it that my man gets to be rom v you right? know like what a name like i want a cool name like that sean so- d Sean B. No, I Sean often go B. by that, but like it's like I love that they they sound good together, right? Um, but it's just not as cool like Rom. Like, damn, man, it'd be cool if you guys work together, like Sean B and Rom V. His name would one thousand percent be first, but pals, <laughs> though, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, Phil, you chose Aquaman 80th anniversary. I did. Uh, I know Marco also has a very big soft spot for Aquaman, and yep. I do too. Um, however, we're missing some big names on here. Uh, we're missing Peter David, who did the famous hook arm stuff in the early 90s. We're missing yep. uh, Rick Veitch, who did like the 2000s fantasy stuff. That was also really good. That's when he had a water hand. But... We do have Jeff Johns on here. We have Dan Jurgens on here, who uh, obviously did stuff in the early 90s, too. Uh, and then we have Paul Pelleter, uh, Steve Epting, and Dan Waters, and Miguel Mendo- uh, Mendoca. Um, I really like anthology books a lot. Superman Red and Blue has been quite good. Uh, and I really like these kind of 75th and 80th uh, anniversary of these uh, Justice League characters. We did one for Superman on the show. We did one for Batman. Uh, I... I, I really enjoy these kind of anthology stuff yeah I'm, I'm right there with you phil i think the the creative team uh the creative teams that they brought on like the new writers in particular stephanie phillips i've been enjoying a lot mm. dan waters is great and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, uh evan doc shaner's on this so i'm i'm interested mm. to see what oh, he's going to see that's very sick. nice yeah so very very much looking forward to see what they what they put out Love Damn, that. Doc Shaner, yeah that's really cool man. that's a good marriage yeah Absolutely. Well, uh, now is the moment that you have all been waiting for, that we've been waiting for. We're going to talk about the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, before we actually get into watching the trailer, Mm -hmm. uh, I got to tell the story of how this whole thing came to be. And how Uh, I was right. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, So first of all, 
last week we talked about how you know there was absolutely going to be a trailer no doubt about it and it would i said that it would probably debut at cinemacon that was the rumor at the time but that we they wouldn't release it to the public quite yet that they would that they would hold off um that same day the spider-man trailer the spider-man no way home trailer actually leaked online uh and sony was rushing rushing to get it taken down disney rushing to take it get it taken down i saw it on reddit um it was crappy quality really horrible not the way to watch that but i wasn't sure when we would actually get it official and i wanted to be able to talk about what i had seen here uh if there was no official release within the week um so i watched it the next day i think it was officially released and we were able to watch it in all its glory uh now marco Mm -hmm. that doesn't fully make you right because it got released that day as a leak which doesn't count that does not count that doesn't count for sure that doesn't count and sony was forced to release the trailer because of the leak I don't know. I, I keep hearing the words released. So I, 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 I don't know. I, it came out. It was released by the studio. I don't know what you want. It happened. Forced or not, it happened. The, so just to add, there was footage shown for the Batman that did not release. That well, not stayed fault. exclusive to CinemaCon. No. So when I say that, and, and The Matrix and several other movies, I say that to say it's likely that this was intended to be a special treat for those viewers, those attendees. And it only got released because of the leak, because this is the only movie of all of those that we saw footage from. But if you want to take the win, I do take the win. When, when you rarely win in life, (laughs) you have to embrace (laughs) those small victories. Go ahead. You, you do that. Do what you're going to do. Do it. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. Mark, Mark, Marco is going to, I assume, reveal something amazing about his personal life. And if he wants to do that, then that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Otherwise, take this L. You put... Marco. Wait. You put yourself in this. So if you're not about to reveal what I think you are, then you are going to take a huge L right now. Go ahead. Nope. I'm taking the W, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Marco just held up a, a, a W. I think I don't think it's a W. I think it's, it's a, an, it's a, a an reverse M. M. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're going to go ahead and reveal that or no? That what? What do you mean uh, that what? The, the the only thing you're winning at right now in your personal w. life. That's it. It was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thought, that's what I thought, Marco. Moving along. <laughs> you lowered the rim for him so he can dunk it, and he still chose not to. Yeah, of course, of course, please. He doesn't have heat for me. All right, here we go. Here's the trailer. So some pretty cool, that was like, that was right there. It was crazy. The the, the world sinking into itself. Yeah. Very Inception-y. Uh, it's weird that these two are dating now in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom That's Holland and Zendaya. Never happened before. No. <laughs> I mean... Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is 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 back. Remember that everyone knows Peter's identity, right? Um, and now he's being pressed by uh, that's actually damage control. You guys who know the comics will know them as like the cleanup crew for superhero supervillain crime or fights. Yeah, I mean in this continuity too, he's kind of like a government agent too. You know, 
So him sort having of. his secret identity blown out like that, that becomes like a PR nightmare for S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And of course, hot Aunt May is here. Who could forget? <laughs> Not Phil. This this got me so much. <laughs> like This is the meme. Doctor Strange in his... I mean, he might as well be wearing Tim's right now. <laughs> he's in his puffy jacket. <laughs> just, I, I just it. the fact that like Spider Man steps in shit, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go ask my friend the Wizard." Like, it's it's so classic. <laughs> was is, that was that the black suit? No, it wasn't the symbiote suit, but it is a black suit. Yeah. Okay. He, if you remember at the end of the last movie, he could like kind of do shit with his outfit now, or if I remember correctly. Uh, so, like here, Doctor Strange is like, "Yeah, I'll alter reality for you. Fuck it." Yeah, Lies. right. And a lot of people are suggesting that there's something off with him because of that. That maybe this is Mephisto, or maybe this is an alternate reality Doctor Strange. Neither one of those make any sense, in my opinion. Mephisto can't emulate the powers of the Sorcerer Supreme. The anyway. the idea that Doctor Strange wouldn't do this is so silly to me. That people are like, oh, like he would never. It's like, yeah, no, he probably would. Like. Yeah, I think- <laughs> The guy who was texting while driving in his own movies. Yeah, right? Like, he's he's a cocky son of a bitch. He does shit like this. So, so but that looks like... The Inception. Yeah, I know that Inception. We got to call this out right here. We see the lightning and the sand. That is, of course, a tease as to what is really going on yeah. in this movie. Black Adam. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Black Adam. <laughs> the Rock is in this one. That's Magneto, right? Altering the Real train. quick, Sean, could you rewind to the, the scene with the train? Sure. Does So Doctor Strange there, right? He's in all black, and it looks like they're fighting. Do you think he's the evil-looking Doctor Strange from What If? Or do you think this is our Doctor Strange, and he just is in a different outfit? Uh, I don't know. Shit's going on. He like hard to say. Soul out of him. That's that's in, that's very interesting. Hello, bomb. that's let's, incredible. I popped so hard for that. But and then, then uh, let's bring out the main event here, shall just we? The most Boom. epic fucking reveal. The octopus arm. Hello, Peter. Hey, Alfred Molina. This is so beautiful. Like God, we've been talking about this for two years, guys, and it's finally happening. It's crazy. It's crazy it's, to actually see it in action. Can we say Sean was right? Can we? Yeah. I've been on this bandwagon for like a year. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Marco, can we say that? Uh, can you give me the W? No. Can you give no, Sean your W? Then no. Dude, virtually pass me that W. Uh, No. Well, you suck then, because I'm object- <laughs> I was objectively right. You were right on a technicality. <laughs> and you know what? Technicalities win. Technically um, correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> my favorite thing that's been floating around on Twitter since this trailer dropped is this Alfred Molina quote where he said, I'll do anything. I'm a bit of a slut that way. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody uh, take that and we're like, oh, man, the script for Spider-Man leaked. (laughs) (laughs) This is when he fucks Melissa Tomei because famously. Oh, uh, yeah. And Aunt May get together in real life. Oh, no. Oh, in the comics. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably too old for her. They're probably the same age, maybe. I don't know. No. Isn't Alfred Molina in his 60s or something? Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Like pushing. She's she's, uh, 50, I think. Yeah. They're not that, uh, that far apart. Only, um, only a decade. <laughs> that's not that far. Yeah, it's it's fine. 
uh, I mean, when you're in your fifties and sixties, that's uh, a lifetime, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I think if you're ten and twenty, no, it is yeah, a oh, sure, sure, yeah. I see um, what you're saying. Yeah. Also, I gotta call this out. It's so silly, but people were saying that this was a racist moment for some reason. I guess the they people misinterpreted that the that Wong was carrying Doctor Strange's bags. No, oh, but that's clearly not what's happening. Wong's on vacation. To he's be leaving. Shang-Chi. Yeah, he yeah. has his own bags. Yeah, I don't understand that on any level. Um, but okay. Uh, a lot of people thinking they saw Charlie Cox's Daredevil in this trailer. What? Where? Um, Matt Murdock, not Daredevil. Did anyone post a screenshot? There is a brief moment. I, I, I don't know. I can't spot it in the trailer. I'll be honest. But I've seen a clip that people have posted. It's a screenshot of the arm and body of a person who could be Charlie That's Cox such a- s- sitting down. And the idea is that he's Pete's lawyer in the trailer, but I can't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's blink and you miss it, but I haven't seen it yet. And I've watched this trailer I several feel times. Like people are projecting what they want to see. Look, I'll tell you what, Phil, uh, this isn't a place for that. Okay. Sorry. Because if, <laughs> if I, if, if we get into this movie and the, if that's the only time that we see Charlie Cox, I'm still going to fucking, I'm going to lose pop. it. You're going to pop. Yeah. I'm going to pop. You kidding me? There's a oh. uh, there's a moment where the screen goes black after we see the uh, the pumpkin bomb. Um, that's James Franco's voice, right? Hell no! Is I it not? It. My man's canceled right now too. It sounds it, exactly like I don't think. I, I think it's gonna be Willem Dafoe. Like it has to be Willem Dafoe. Yeah, like and also, J- James Franco didn't even really play the Green Goblin. He played the new Goblin. Goblin. Yeah, yeah, that was. Trash. That, that wasn't so Hobgoblin, bro. They didn't even call him Hobgoblin. Yeah, his new Goblin. I was like, all right, fuck he this. Was, he looked like he was like a snowboarder on a hoverboard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He looked like he was coming from the Alps. The cast yeah. of Steep. So, who is the sixth member of the Sinister Six, guys? Well, let's. Who we got? We got Green Goblin. We got Electro. We got Sandman. We got Doc Ock. Who? Uh, who am I missing? Uh Lizard. Okay. So six person, I mean, could it be Vulture? Could be. I think that there are two options. One of them is Mysterio. And I think that's probably most likely. Yeah. Um, the other is Hobgoblin. Now, I believe that Ned Leeds uh, is going to be Hobgoblin in this movie. Ned Leeds is Peter's best friend. In this movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that I think that Ned Leeds is going to do like a face or heel turn. That'd be weird and random. I think that this is probably like a Ned Leeds from an alternate reality. Um, There have been set trail set uh, photos that show the actor. I can't recall his name right now. um, Dressed in a weird way, like not dressed, not as Ned Leeds. Mm -hmm. Jacob Um, Batalon. Thank you. With kind of like a like a different like face going on, not not like a different face, but like a like he's putting on like anger like made or up. villainous, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so I believe that's what's going on there. Uh, but I think it's only going to be one of those two, and I feel like anything else would be a little bit random. Um, Even Vulture, yeah. Wasn't there a whole thing with Vulture and uh, Scorpion and Shocker? The reason why I think it's it's random is because all the other villains are not from this 
timeline. Oh, wait, isn't Rhino rumored? Rhino is rumored. Uh, Rhino is heavily rumored. Paul Giamatti. That could be the six, too. Um, Could be. He could be the jobber that Spider-Man takes out first. (laughs) It's entirely possible. That's like Rhino's whole fucking thing. (laughs) He's a big guy who goes down quick. (laughs) (laughs) The two that I threw out are the ones I think, but I suppose, yeah, you're right, Pete. It could also be those two. Um, Did you guys enjoy the trailer? I loved it. Yeah. I watched it. I watched the cell phone leaked footage and was like put on headphones and was like, what are they saying? Like, I got to, I I was like, if they don't put this out, I need to be ready to talk about this with Sean frame by frame. And then they put out the real thing. And I was like, oh fuck. Like I'm so ready for this movie. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be such a fun time. I I must've seen another version because I saw one that had like the text, like the old Spider-Man like oh yeah i saw that one too yeah they had like the dialogue written out yeah yeah like everything that was being said was 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 thrown out there yeah man this thing was cool uh i mean it's been a long time coming um and i i just want to see it at this point like it it looks like it's going to be a blast and i like how it's integrating with everything alongside the mcu well we'll see i thought the trailer was kind of messy uh just because there's a lot going it's there's a lot going on uh and that could lead to a movie that has too much going on just because we have alternate realities we have characters from other franchises coming in um i'm i'm tentative i'm like tentatively excited do we know how long it is it's an mcu movie so probably two and a half hours i don't Uh, think that what you're saying is wrong Phil, um, in that it's it's obviously possible. We've seen movies with less uh, going on be stuffed. <laughs> Spider Man Three. Oh, yeah. Oh, excuse but, me. But the MCU notably has had many movies with a lot going on, more than this one. Yep. With characters who were brand new to the to the the world and didn't feel confused, like Guardians. Uh, obviously, Avengers movies are massive have massive casts um and there is a shorthand that we all have for all the characters that are going to be in this film even if they're new here they're not new and i would Mm -hmm. argue that most people going to see this are aware of those characters to some degree enough that they don't have to go into an entire like spiel about who they are the the other thing i would say is i not super crazy about the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. So I don't feel reason to feel hyped for this because I'm not crazy about the other two. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I couldn't be more excited. I think this is going to be incredible. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, It's cool to be, you know, vindicated um, though. No one really doubted me. Uh, (laughs) Um. And I, I I don't think this movie is coming out this year, but I can't wait until it does. I'm going to be front and center for this film. I'm I'm beyond happy that this is happening. Yeah, uh, go, baby. I, I definitely think this is coming out next year. I'm okay with that. But I, I think what's so cool about this movie is it feels epic in a way that I don't know. Like, <clears throat> you know, Infinity War and Endgame, I think, had a bit of that heat. But, like, I don't feel like anything has felt this crazy since Avengers, where it's just Uh, like, I can't believe this is a thing. I can't believe they have all of these characters showing up in the same movie, you know? 
to see Alfred Molina in a trailer for an MCU movie is truly, truly fucking wild. Very nutty. Um, It's epic, yeah. Back when they revealed the Phase 5 movies, we kind of talked about how it felt like there wasn't a lot of heat in this phase. Phase 4. Phase 4, excuse me. Phase 5 is the one afterward, I guess. That's Um, how numbers work, yes? Yep. The one before was three. No, um, this one is like clearly like Avengers level hype, though. It, it, it's it's culminating everything that we. It's just continuing to culminate everything that we've seen post Endgame. Um, the introduction of everything with the multiverse stuff, starting with I guess, I guess WandaVision. Um, and if if people have been following those series, this is just payoff. And I think that that's how the the fans are awarded. It, all this feels like payoff, and then it's like, oh shit. This is also tying into all of this other stuff beforehand. Multiverse, cool. This is this is everything that we as fans uh, would have wanted and have been waiting for. And if we don't know about any of these things, it's just gonna bring us in because of the new experience. I I dig the way that um, you know. So so I I think Sean made this point maybe in our Loki conversation or it was around that time where. You know, um, obviously, like we're now the the thing we're building towards is Kang, right? Like that's that's yeah. the point off in the distance, and it feels like we're back in Phase One, where like you get to the end of Avengers, right? And you're like, oh, we thought Loki was the big bad, but actually it's Thanos, right? But then you had a ton of movies that were not treading water, but were like building towards that we're establishing like what the real stakes are and what what does this mean and who's involved and like you can see that happening here again right where this entire phase has been laying threads for these are the rules of the multiverse like this is how a multiverse works this is how reality has been bent and chopped and screwed and you know it's it's all again building towards kang but like you can look at spider-man and like it it's totally connected to everything that's going on there, but I don't I don't think Kang will be in this movie. I don't think we'll have any mention of that shit. It's just you see how the actions of one series are echoing into others in a way that feels at least I feel more and more organic because it's less about any one specific piece fitting together and more like you know these characters took action in another dimension totally removed from what's going on with Peter Parker but here's how it affects him right and like that's the fun of a comic book universe you know is how these major world shattering uh events can have consequences for everybody on every scale well what makes endgame and infinity war work is that we spent 10 years developing our main characters like that's effectively what phases 1 through 3 was we had three movies or two movies of every character that showed up in those movies. So they were all established. We as an audience all knew what they were about. So that by the time we got to those two major movies, we didn't really need to spend time developing any hero because we knew their deal. We all were emotionally behind those characters. And so here we are in phase four, we're doing the same thing again with characters like Shang-Chi and the Eternals, like we got to start all over again to establish all these new characters so that we can get behind them again by the time we get to Kang. Yeah, and, and maybe not like all over again, right? But like enough, like yeah. a lot of the major pieces have been reset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, cool. yeah. I, I would still be curious to see if Kang doesn't make some sort of appearance because um, I didn't expect 
the reveal to be in Loki and you know that being the show I I wouldn't put it past the this film or any of the other upcoming films films that touch upon anything related to the multiverse unfortunately it's it's tough to keep a surprise like that um I I guess I could see like an after credits sequence but I don't think we'll sure. I personally don't think we'll see Kang again until Quantumania um, yeah, that's kind of what this I think. this trailer broke some records. Uh, it broke the all time views record that was set by Avengers Endgame. Really? Uh, yeah, the twenty four hour all time views record. Uh, wow. So Avengers Endgame had two hundred and eighty nine million. Uh, this had three hundred and fifty five point five. Damn! People yeah. love Spider Man. People love Spider-Man, and also there was so much excitement and hype around this particular movie uh, that they ran it up because the previous one, Far From Home, had half of these numbers. That makes sense. Well, in addition to, you know, we're 17 months into a global pandemic. Like, people need things to, like, get hyped about, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, we made that point about when the shows were coming back, right? Like, it felt like the time for the MCU again. You know, and I feel like these shows have only reignited that interest. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, we are super excited about this movie. We'll be talking about it continually and we'll be updating you guys with whatever whatever we learn going forward. Uh, The cat's out of the bag about what the movie is, but I don't think we've seen the tip of the iceberg in terms of surprises and cool things like that. So, um, you know, we've still got some time to go. I don't believe it's coming out in December, but. Uh, it's going to be a fun and, and enjoyable experience nonetheless. Whenever they give me trailer two or three or whatever, I mean, if they save it for the movie, God bless them. But I feel like at one of these next trailers, they're going to have a thing of Willem Dafoe cackling over some footage, and I'm going to just cry. Was he not? I thought we heard him cackling. Do you actually hear his laugh? I didn't That's think you did. Okay, maybe maybe that was the case. But I just... I need to hear him say Spider-Man again with every fiber of my being. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched Spider-Man 1 or 2 in like 15 years. I decided this, I'm rewatching them. Yo, yeah. Makes me want to rewatch those. Yo, two. do you guys want to do like a watch along or like we should like re-review them or something like that would that'd be, be really that would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think a watch along would be a lot of fun. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have to set that up. Uh, I want to do... If we're going to do it, though, we got to do all three. Yeah, no, I'm in. Oh, no. <laughs> Yo, Sean, if you if you want, I'll I'll raise you one more. We watched Amazing Spider-Man after uh, that no, and Amazing you. Spider-Man 2 after that. Uh, I'm so down to watch we're doing it. Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and 2. I'm telling you, we got re- to review every Spider-Man movie, and we'll re-review the MCU movies, and then... Uh. <laughs> We don't need to do that. We already reviewed those two. <laughs> Kale didn't. He's not watching this. I mean, Kale does what he wants here. If you don't want to work, he ain't working. So. That joyless um, fuck. <laughs> let's, let's keep it moving, though. We've got a uh, major rumor for Doctor Strange 2, of course, keeping it thematic. Uh, the good doctor is making the rounds, and uh, he's helping Spider-Man, helping, in quotation marks, in No Way Home and in Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. He's going to be helping Scarlet Witch. Uh, last time we saw her, of course, was in WandaVision. She has a lot of problems right now, and she's going to Doctor Strange for some help. The rumor 
uh, comes from that hashtag show. That hashtag show has actually broken uh, some stuff, some some news in the past, and uh, so they're 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 kind of reliable when it comes to this stuff. Um, they're saying they're not the only ones saying it, but Daniel RPK is saying it as well, and viewer Anon. I don't know the other two, but I know that hashtag show. Um, they're saying that the Illuminati is going to be in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. That rumor suggests that Balder the Blade, the Brave, Captain Carter from What If, and Professor Xavier will be a part of this Illuminati team. Um, Viewer Anon adds Monica Rambeau and Mordo to that. Uh, Boulder, so that's an, yeah, that's one of the Warriors three, or my Balder is Thor's brother. Oh, okay. So we haven't seen him then yet. No, I don't believe I don't believe he's appeared yet. Okay. I don't think he's in the Warriors three, but I can't. It's I I can't remember who they are. Um, I don't yeah. think he is. So very very interesting rumor. I I love rumors, right? We know this. <laughs> um, I don't think that this is outside of the realm of possibility at all. I do not believe that Captain Carter will stay a what-if character. I believe that she will be appearing in a movie within the next two phases. I wholeheartedly believe that. Really? I think it would be... Go ahead. No, no. I, I, what I what is this moment you're having, Pete? I'm looking at the article that you linked to, and one of the things it says is that Patrick Stewart has admitted that he chatted with Kevin Feige about possibly yeah. reprising the role at some point, and that would be pretty lit. It would be, and I would prefer that if they were going to do this, Xavier would be either Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy. Obviously, it's better if it's Patrick Stewart for the simple fact that he's old and looks... He, he would look cool being Professor Xavier again. He yeah. has like a more of a presence about him. He's amazing. Um, he is amazing. Uh, my problem with this theory is I just don't think Marvel's down to introduce uh, X-Men in this way. Yeah, I was going to say that I didn't like that idea. I don't like the idea of introducing Professor Xavier as part of the Illuminati first, you know? Yeah, completely agreed. Like, uh, I think that kind of hurts the character in, in in an introduction sense like we need to see him create the x-men or you know be early on and like as the founder you, you get my point he yeah. needs to be the x-men founder first yeah i i definitely i kind of like have two feelings about this like my initial reaction to the idea of like getting the illuminati on screen is like yes that's so cool like i love the illuminati but so many of the key members are not on the table and it feels like it feels like too soon you know like i i want to see that come into play but i feel like if you do it now it's going to feel like a thing that you kind of use too early rather than the right time for that i guess is where i'm at with it could i mean could you create a version of of the illuminati with pre-existing MCU characters. I think yes. you, I think you definitely could. The thing I was gonna say is, what if it's just an alternate version of the Illum Illuminati? Yeah, like, like it's Iron Man's dead. Right, he's off the table. But well, but we know that uh, Iron Heart, right, is coming in. 
Um, yeah, but she's, yeah, but she's a little kid. She's like, gonna be a little girl, be, yeah. Yeah, but if she's like the the replacement and the genius level, whatever, I don't know that like in a in a MCU version that we wouldn't put that past. I mean, if you're talking about characters like that, Shuri easily has that role over Ironheart because Shuri yeah. is the the Illuminati are the rulers of Earth, right? Like the people yeah. who run Earth in their different pockets. So Tony represents man. Namor represents the sea. Um, uh, Black Bolt represents the inhumans. Uh, Professor Xavier obviously represents the mutants, mm. so on and so forth. So yeah. the only members that make sense are those kinds of people. Yeah. And for that reason, I think Shuri would be a shoe in because Black Panther would have been in. He yeah. represents the Wakandans and the Illuminati. Uh, Not so, to mention, she's also a, like one of the smartest people on the planet. Right. She's she's perfectly capable Shoo-in. of being in that role, uh, especially because she's likely going to be Black Panther after yeah. the next film. Yeah. So my my thought would be if you were going to do this, because this theory posits the idea of an Illuminati that represents the multiverse. Right. right. That's uh, a different thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's true. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um but if you're going to do the Illuminati in a more traditional sense, I think you go Shuri. Uh, I think you go Namor, who we know or we don't know, but is likely going to be introduced in Black Panther. 2. I think you can introduce him that way, too. I think that's fine if you do. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be in Black Panther, too. What, uh, what makes you say that? Because there's been heavy rumors for the last year and change that he would be the opposition in that movie, that it would be Wakanda versus... Uh, Atlantis. That's, That's so the- fucking sick. And that also happens in like comics, right yeah. along. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the comics, but like right alongside the Illuminati storyline as well. That's like one of the big things during that era is that they fucking hate each other. This rumor has existed since before Chadwick Boseman passed, by the way. So they were obviously going to do King versus King. Mm, fuck. Sick. Oh, that's going to be so cool. No. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So I would do those people. Uh, I think you could throw uh, probably Captain Marvel on that team. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just I, I agree with Pete in the sense that I don't know that it's time. It seems a little bit early. But with Secret Wars on the horizon, you have to pull the trigger at some point. I just don't want it to be a throwaway. I don't want them to introduce that concept in Multiverse of Madness just for them to be in that movie and that's it. They have to persist beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, and and if they can pivot and give us a slightly different version that fulfills the same role, that's fine. Like, they've done that before and it's worked. Do you know who else would be kind of cool? Maybe you guys disagree with me, but a cool character to introduce to the Illuminati in this would be Victor Von Doom. I well, there is a version of the Illuminati that is that he's on. The Cabal is the villainous Illuminati, and I would love to see them do that down the road. So I would I would cool the Jets on Doom because I think there's a big there's a a, a greater use for him in that role later on. Yeah, I will say I'm disappointed that Doom wasn't on the table earlier. I would love if like him and Doctor Strange had more of a history. Some of those things I feel like would be would be so cool, but yeah, um, yeah, he's a character I'm like super excited to get on the board one of these days. You gotta imagine it's coming soon. 
I'm I'm probably the biggest Illuminati fan you'll meet. I'm obsessed with that group. I'm not interested in an Illuminati that does not have Reed Richards on it. I'm not. He he has to be there because he represents uh, in my mind, Reed Richards represents man's willingness to forego emotion in favor of logic. And you have to have that represented on the team. There has to be a human who thinks that way. Um, and there aren't any in the MCU. Iron Man's gone. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that you heard it here first. Most likely we will talk about this again. If it, has more heat down the road right now. It's just a rumor, but remember that Spider-Man Sinister Six mad multiverse craziness was just a rumor on this show at some point. So, yeah, I'm going to start a rumor right now. Chris Evans comes back to the MCU, but as the human torch. What? <laughs> I want nothing to do with you now. <laughs> You're canceled, Phil. Uh, so Shang-Chi is on the horizon it is coming out september 3rd if you can believe that uh just next week and I sure the reviews i know it's nuts the reviews are already piling up uh the embargo lifted on monday so we've got a lot of takes that have come out uh there are only 22 reviews that were up as of a few days ago uh, and it had an 86 percent approval rating those of you on this podcast do not go to rotten tomatoes for an update, we're going to do our thing next week. Mm-hmm. Um, as of this article, it had an 86% approval. And the reviews are pretty good, but there are some things that I want to point out in these that give me a uh, pause. So we'll start with the positive. Uh, CNN.com's Brian Lowry says, Shang-Chi is another smartly calibrated extension of the Marvel stable amid its endeavors to become more diverse. Masters the art of the Marvel origin story. Uh, USA Today, sorry, go ahead. I said, okay. Yeah. USA Today says uh, he's the MCU's most significant and infectious rookie since the late Chadwick Boseman with the same face of the franchise appeal as Chris Evans. Oh, wow. Hard to believe, but okay. The Los Angeles Times says uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is most enjoyable when it shakes off the tedious franchise imperatives and forges its own path. The movie's late-breaking highlights include Michelle Yeoh's uh, performance as Ying Nan, a member, a mentor figure to Shang-Chi and Xia Ling, who disperses pearls, dispenses pearls of wisdom with customary poise and offers a warm counterweight to Lung's brooding chill. Slant Magazine says that aside from Lung, Shang-Chi is a bust. Even the most grounded choreography is plainly being aided by computer effects, Mm. and the chopped-up close-ups on the action consistently reduce the sparring characters to a blur. As per usual for the MCU, the final act devolves into loud and chaotic visual nonsense with the edible reckoning between Shang-Chi and Wen Wu, giving way to an incomprehensible conflagration of magical beasts and large-scale warfare that only further emphasize the lack of interest that the film has in its ostensibly probing human drama. Damn, that's a scathing review. Well, Paste Magazine uh, is even harsher. They say Shang-Chi is as bland and busy as its title. Jacob Aller said in his review, Shang-Chi can't even keep its fights free from the MCU's encroaching house style. 
His final battle falls prey to the same collision between ambition and tradition that drags its narrative down. While Shang-Chi strives for unique, expressive, even impressively grotesque design for its creatures, critters, armor, and weapons, it's all blurred in a digital slurry under assault from the same kind of ill-defined flying critters that seem to plague every film in the MCU. Not only does this climax not make much visual sense, filling the frame with swirling nonsense that probably looked great as concept art, it's as frustrating, frustratingly generic as its trained killer hero. Um, I will That's say, harsh. I will say, one of the lines in that review was, it's as bland as busy and busy as the title. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I see. Okay. Um, I mean, some of that stuff is what we complained about with Black Widow. Uh, we complained about the climax of that movie, how it had like an unnecessarily big kind of explosion stuff. Mm. And that movie didn't really merit that. And um, I think there is certainly uh, blockbuster fatigue with movies that don't deserve it having like a big giant thing falling from the sky and an explosion following. Um, like if, if the movie earns that and that's one thing but so many movies like superhero movies especially are doing stuff like that and just on surface level shang chi doesn't strike me as a movie that needs like a giant climax so i could see that being frustrating the the thing that stuck out to me that seemed to kind of carry through even through some of the positive reviews was the choreography and I know that that was something that I was particularly interested to see, like yeah. the wire foo sort of stuff, the kung yeah, fu kind of uh, uh, angle that they were playing on it. So um, I guess I find it a bit. Uh, I, I'll 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 see what happens, like when when we actually see it. But to hear that it gets blurred and like it gets cut up a lot would not be sort of what I would expect a a movie in that kind of style to to try to push forward. Um, so that's a little disappointing to hear that. Uh, obviously, yeah. we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, that sucks. I'm probably the least excited for Shang-Chi of everyone on this podcast, but um, some of the commentary in the negative reviews, I feel like are things that you could say or that do get said about a lot of the movies in the MCU. And I'm not bothered by those things in those movies. But to counter that, I also really don't like uh, uh, origin stories as a rule. I find those movies to be very generic and bland. I felt that way about Captain Marvel. Yeah. Black Widow is not an origin story, but it's a, you know it's one of those like small solo movies, and it feels bland in that way. So I'm I'm personally anticipating feeling like this movie is generic. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame because when we initially talked about the slate of the fourth wave of Marvel movies, I think this was the one I was most intrigued by. And like Marco, I also was very interested in having kind of a Kung Fu based blockbuster film. Cause that's kind yeah. of a dead genre in a lot of ways, at least in the United States it is. Um, but if it ends up being blurred and not really like good choreography based, um, some of those things are things I tire of in Marvel films that we're describing in review. And if that's present in a Shang-Chi movie, man, I don't know. Because I also, like you, Sean, didn't feel over the moon about Captain Marvel, which was you know another origin movie, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like this kind of review is... It's it's really hard for me to like gleam anything from it because of what Sean said. Like I feel like 
um, a lot of these kinds of criticisms are are just the things that people that don't like the MCU say about the MCU. And if you don't like the MCU, that's fine, right? Like, um, I'm not trying to argue that that makes your opinion invalid, but it's just like, I do like it. So, you know, how much are those things going to bother me? I don't know, right? Like, I don't walk into an MCU movie ex- expecting it to be, you know... Um, Hamlet. Yeah, sure, right? Um, but I, I do agree that I think the thing I was most excited about for this film was more of the fight choreography and getting something that felt like visually distinct yeah, um, yeah. In, in a way. So, you know, I, I guess I, I am disappointed to hear that some people feel like that's not the case, but I also feel like I've seen people make that argument about some of the MCU movies that are more visually distinct and saying, complaining about the house style and all that stuff. And, you know, hot take um, from me as somebody who also reviews comics every week and reviews movies here on this channel, I think a lot of film reviewers like to hear themselves talk. I read a lot of movie <laughs> reviews that are very self-indulgent and are as self-indulgent as the movies they're criticizing uh, they claim to be, right? So, like, I, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, it, all these things might be true. They might not be. I'll have to see it for myself. I really like you tipping your own hat there. Like, oh, I know... No, I do this too. Yeah, but. yeah. Like I, I do reviews every week. Like I'm sure I do the same shit, and somebody would say the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're gonna review this movie uh, next week. Uh, at least those of us who you know feel comfortable venturing out to the theaters to check it out. Uh, I'm excited to go back to the movies. Uh, I hope the movie's good. I have no reason to want it to be bad. Um, I just have a bad feeling about mm-hmm. it. Um, for me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You know. so, so to be clear, this one is not on Disney Plus. We have to go to the movie theater. Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Unfortunately. So everyone make your own decisions about that. Phil, are we fine. going? Yeah. Fuck it. I'm probably got to go Thursday night though. I'm they going doing, Thursday night. We'll be there together. They doing uh? They doing like an early thing on Thursday? You think? Probably. I don't know. Right, well, we'll look it up after the show. All right, all right. We'll talk off mic. Yeah. So. uh there's been a lingering question ever since the announcement of James Tinian's Substack move. Uh, that, of course, being who will take over Batman, who will write Batman. Uh, and of course, whenever a writer leaves a book, the artist gets kicked off too unceremoniously, unfortunately. Uh, so who will draw Batman as well? Uh, and now we know that answer. Uh, this week it was revealed that none other than Joshua Williamson will be taking over Batman uh, and he will be teaming up with George Molina uh, who will be drawing it for a new storyline titled Abyss. Mm. So he's going to be taking over it appears with issue 119 of Batman which is pretty pretty cool. I think uh, oh it's 118 he's taking over. Um I'm I'm happy with this. I think that Williamson was the obvious choice. Uh, he's the guy right now yeah. at DC, and uh, good for him. Uh, he's got the Robin book going on right now, which is pretty cool. Like Infinite Frontier, uh, which we've been enjoying to varying degrees. Um, there was a question though of like, well, so what happens with Jonathan Ridley because he's been writing the. Uh, the next Batman, that stuff going on with Luke Fox or whatever his actual name is now. Uh, he got a name change. Um, 
that's probably going to be a bat a, a Batman title as well, like an a, an adjacent Batman title um, as well. But for the mainline book, it's Joshua Williamson writing core Batman. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I think I think the Batman books need a real breath of fresh air. Um, you know, a lot of people were real tired of what Tom King did. Um, and they needed like, I think they needed a really new voice on it. And I think Joshua Williamson is the, like you said, that's the obvious choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm not following any of the Batman books. Um, I think I started some of like the, the future state and that was interesting enough, but, um, it, it wasn't anything that kept me going to pick up the, the series. Uh, cool that it's Williamson. Uh, he's definitely the 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 big guy at DC right now, and for him to be doing his own run, awesome. You know, kudos. That's always a that's always a dream for writers, I think. And uh, for him to be able to explore stuff with uh, Molina as well, awesome. Yeah, I'm 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 into this. Uh, I I'll be honest. I I have bought every issue of James Tinian's Batman run. But I haven't been motivated to read it for whatever reason. Yeah. I guess now that I know that it's ending, I'll just I'll get through it. Uh, he's introduced a lot of new characters. The book has been selling really well in part because of that. But I personally never took. Yeah. Uh, I I never felt like okay, this is it. You know, yeah. with Williamson, I'm not sure still that I feel like it's it. But I want to see if it is. This doesn't feel like the next Tom King or Snyder or Morrison. They feel like stopgaps still. Hmm. You, you think Josh Williamson is a stopgap still? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, who who could possibly be the long term solution, and if not Joshua Williamson? Well, uh, I still we still have to get to the point at which Bruce stops being Batman because that's what Future State promised yeah. would happen. So. Because of that, I think John Ridley is the next real, like, long-term Batman writer. Interesting. Hmm. Have you been following that Future State book? No. You couldn't care less. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, John Ridley, like, I don't know that he's the name to carry for the comics world. Um uh, I, I I think I think I'm, I'd be more in line with where what Phil's coming from about Williamson being the guy to hold it down for a while and make this the run, um, and I think I can see Ridley coming in as like, oh, he's doing the detective comics of Batman or tales of Batman or whatnot. Nope, Bruce Wayne is going to not be Batman, so it it will not be Bruce in the cape and cowl. And it will be John Ridley writing that main Batman title, 100%. Because you read Future State, right? You know that Bruce is leaving. Yeah. He's he's going to stop being Batman. We, All we're doing right now is getting to the to the why. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. We've talked about this before, Sean. But like one thing that was really significant about uh, Dick Grayson becoming Batman is it didn't feel gimmicky. It felt earned at the time like that's where grant morrison was going and they did something novel i don't know right now with how things have been at dc the last few years it feels gimmicky to have bruce lose the cow again i agree but you know what this stuff is cyclical right like it's always going to come back and they're going to do it again and in the case of 
you know, what's happening with the next Batman or whatever. Um, I guess I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that like we know the the results. Now we're working backwards in a sense um, or working forward to get to that. Like that's mildly interesting. But I, I did, for whatever reason, I can't bring myself to care. Um, maybe it's because we know the outcome. I, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't speak to it. That's what I'm. I mean, that that's the prequel curse, right? Like, who? I mean, once you have a story that's advanced to a certain point, most of the time people don't really care how we got there if we're if that's our starting point. You know, hmm. you either tell a story organically to where we get to a point, or you're starting from you're starting from scratch basically and you tell a story from that point having to go backwards and rewind to catch up people usually don't dig that that's why i didn't like the idea of future state from the outset well for those of you who are fans of what james tinian has been doing unfortunately that's at an end but new era begins uh really soon actually we don't have too long to wait uh in december is when we will get be getting batman 118 so yeah congrats to joshua williamson all right uh in our final discussion for today we're going to be talking about the words that the cinematographer for the flash used for the movie saying it's not a comic book movie that lit the internet on fire and sparked a debate that i feel like we have every couple of months about whether or not it is a sin to be a comic book movie (laughs) man nerds get matter with like the weirdest fucking things it's not a superhero movie so like who gives a shit like it could it's a movie it has the flash it can be whatever the fuck it wants to be well uh apparently henry bram agrees with you uh of course the cinematographer for the flash film uh he said when speaking with collider The Flash is going great. I mean, it's a complex movie and it's a fantastic concept of bringing in the generations of these kind of comic books. Uh, He then followed that up with um, it's not based in reality, but it's a much more kind of technically complex. I think all the filmmakers are really keen that the technical complexity of the storytelling doesn't get in the way of just good quality filmmaking. Hopefully, I don't think it'll ever come across as a superhero movie. It will come across as a movie, and that's what it is. I think that's the way these things need to go. We need to be making great, great, great films that happen to have superheroes who are truthful characters behind them with all the character flaws that we find in humanity. Yeah. I, 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 it, it, feels like, it feels like this would, be, would have been like a lead-up to a, a Logan or something. Like, it, it has the characters in it, but at its core, what is it trying to sort of put out from a uh, from like a visual standpoint? It's trying to be different. And I can respect that. Um, and for it to just have superhero characters, like that's fine. I, I don't. I don't know that you need to categorize it one way or the other. Well, whenever it comes to things like this, um, I think this is actually kind of a different conversation than the Martin Scorsese thing, which is adjacent to. Cause like that's him criticizing Marvel films or whatever as films. I think that's slightly different, but somewhat tangential. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, this is a different kind of, uh, this is, I think this is more pretentious actually, because mm-hmm. this is operating under the guise that a movie starring comic book characters, that's a comic book movie, 
you know, they're invalid and are not movies and that like, it's kind of the old Fox mentality mm-hmm. of you can't actually borrow from the source material. You know, we're making a movie about a man who runs so fast. What are the things that are plaguing him? And I feel like whenever we hear this kind of narrative leading up to a film, the movie always sucks because the movie misses the point because it's trying so hard to infuse this like character drama that like it forgot to make a movie. <laughs> They're trying to talk about like Hermes flying through the the Pantheon instead of the Flash. Yeah. That's a good analogy too, I think. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think that this this really doesn't first of all, who's your audience for this comment, right? Like no one wants to hear that because we all it's saying the quiet thing out loud. Are a lot of superhero movie directors, filmmakers borderline ashamed of what they're making, borderline uh, you know, needing to hide it. Yeah. That's historically true. We know that Um, lots of superhero movies, especially during the Fox era, uh, were clearly uncomfortable with the comic book aspect of what they were making. And to the detriment, by the way, of those films in almost every case, uh, ignoring that there's a reason why people go to see these in the first place. It's for the goofy. It's for the fun. You know, it's for the colors and, and all that jazz. And this doesn't turn me on at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And you said, who is this for? And that's, that's exactly right. Because if you're a comic book fan and you like comic book movies, that's the audience that people are going to see these. They don't want to hear that. And if you're a person who doesn't like comic book movies, or you think you're too good for comic book movies or whatever, you're not going to see this movie anyway. This comment doesn't make you want to see the movie because you're already going to say, this is a comic book movie. I don't give a shit about that. It, and it uses that phrasing, comic book movie, superhero movie, as an inherent negative. Yeah. Which is completely disrespectful to every movie starring a superhero but yours. That's because true, you're, too. You're, like, you're saying that this is bad. Uh, this is not a good thing to be. So that's asinine. How could you say that? Your movie has a superhero in it. And you're directing it. Why are you directing it if that's how you feel? Uh, yeah, um, that's a great question. It, it, it's it, it's a it's hypocritical thinking to think like ah, I can turn this into something more than just a superhero. But I mean, the whole reason something like the Flash is big in the pop culture lexicon is because he's a comic book character and has right. been for seventy years, yeah. eighty years. There's an inherent identity that comes with that that you have to play into that you can't separate from because if you separate too far then you deviate from the actual source material of what makes it engaging for the flash or for a given character like you can't can't make this like birdman or some shit right like it's not the the in in that scenario you know the film was about everything else but that character uses that as a metaphor whereas this is yeah which is fine but this is you know you're not using the flash as a metaphor he's not a parable to something else. He's the star character of this film. Man, when they try to do things like that, it always lands poorly because, you know, there's always like a pratfall of trying to turn Superman into like a Jesus allegory in superhero right. movies. Man, uh, Man of Steel did that with Zack Snyder behind the helm. Uh, that happened in Superman Returns too, where it's just like, it's a forced 
narrative. Like you're really forcing a round peg through a square hole because that's not what these things are really about. It doesn't have to be a forced analogy, mm-hmm. but people try to turn these things into more than, more than what they are. And oftentimes it's by a director who's not really good enough to do something like that to begin with, like Zack Snyder and Brian Singer. Your mileage might vary on those directors, but like, you know, they're not like an art, they're not art house directors that specialize in like this kind of literary analysis or whatever. You know, they're just like, they're just regular directors. Should make a blockbuster. They're making a blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, frankly, I, I mean, and feel free to disagree. I don't feel like we've really seen any comic book movies that told stories that could not have been or weren't inspired by comic books. Yes. Sure. At yeah. least the good ones. Like, Think of, yeah, like the 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 Dark Knight, right? Let's say, you know, generally considered to be the greatest comic movie of all time, whatever. Most of the plot is inspired directly by comic books that are also celebrated as being the highlights of that industry, right? Mm-hmm. So it's inspired in large part by the Long Halloween, that most of the story comes from the Long Halloween. The Long Halloween is... If, if it's not number one, it's in the top five Batman For stories sure. ever told universally. Yeah. So there's a one to one right there between, you know, this great comic book inspired this great movie. And that's not unique. Logan, that's yeah. definitely in the top five mm-hmm. directly inspired by old man Logan. Right. Yeah. It, it's a weird point. Hell, even if you go back, Superman, the one that started all this in the beginning with that, that movie was inspired by 70s Superman comics. Right. Absolutely. Richard Donner was reading this stuff growing up. Yeah. It, it's so sad that the, that the comic book industry courts Hollywood so much, and there's so much disdain and disrespect towards the industry. It's really embarrassing um, because, you know, we do love and appreciate and care for these characters and they are special and they deserve to be treated the way that we treat uh, you know, the other like, you know, like false, you know, like fake character, like characters that we have created, human mythology. Um, mm-hmm. These characters deserve to be treated that way. And they're not by Hollywood. They're treated like they're trash. And it's weird because their bosses in Hollywood recognize how important this is. These are money making machines. Mm-hmm. But that's um, all that they are. In the eyes yeah. of some of these people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder if it like gets in the way of each other's, like if it gets in the way of the director for them to just view it as like, oh, this is going to be a money grab. And if it gets in the way of the money grab for the director to be like, oh, but this isn't really like the superhero film. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're reaching an upper echelon of, of cinematography with whatever the fuck. Right. We, I mentioned it earlier in the episode when we were talking about the Spider-Man stuff, but um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Willem Dafoe did like the timeline of his career. And while he was talking about Spider-Man, Willem Dafoe, first of all, does a lot of indie art house films. Yeah, he does. He does so many of them. He's like an artsy actor first. Uh, and so the fact that he was in a movie like Spider-Man, which in 2001 was the biggest blockbuster movie in the world by a lot. Um, he said a lot of his friends or like professional contemporaries like admonished him for doing it because they were like, you're going to do this cartoon movie. That's the words 
those are the words that he used. And he's like, no, actually, I think this like has a like a lot. He's like, I'm playing two characters in it. Sure. Yeah. And he's like, this is a lot of fun. Like, th- this is like an actor's dream. So you get this guy. That. Yeah, he's like, a, you know, I don't. He's not pretentious, but he does a lot of pretentious movies. But like, he also like recognizes the humanity in superhero movies, and like that's that's the distinction here. Yeah. I think it's so critical that when people have this conversation, they remember that, um, you know, there are bad movies or crappy movies or uninspired movies across all movies, right? And just because of, yeah, just because a movie is a drama, right? Like a real serious movie doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't inherently mean anything mm-hmm. other than it gives you a general idea of what you're going to see in the movie. So when, I say superhero movie. All I mean is that the movie is going to include superheroes in it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I think that's all it ought to mean. It doesn't have to be considered anything more than that because you can run the gamut. You know, Incredibles is a superhero movie. It is, and it's a beautiful movie. It's an animated movie, um, and you know we love it. The same way that Green Lantern is a superhero movie. That one just happens to be bad. That's all. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the the Iron Giant, notably oh. the best super, the best Superman movie uh, ever created. It's an incredible movie. Yeah, it's filled with heart. But these are also the same same type of folks that like put down animated movies too for some reason, as mm-hmm. if they're not of the same caliber. And I guess the point I was getting at with the Willem Dafoe thing is, I think there's something to be said for an artist who looks at the potential of all art and what it can do yeah. versus the type of person who puts things in boxes because. Right it seems like they're more concerned with stature and status than they are with actual art or creativity or making something worthwhile. And there's no reason I'm the most critical person on the show about things like this. I, this, I was critical when we did the Martin Scorsese things. I said he had a point, but even I can acknowledge the point, the point that like a giant blockbuster movie, for example, black Panther, which had a lot of cooks in the kitchen made a huge difference in millions of people's lives because of the story it told and what it represented. And sure. From like behind the scenes, there's some cynicism with the fact that like Disney executives had like ulterior motives with financially behind that movie or whatever, but that's inconsequential when you're a viewer or a person that's going to the box office, because you don't care about stuff like that. You're there to watch a movie and the movie that uh, the writers, directors, cinematographers and actors all put together is a movie that, really amounts to something greater than some of its parts, because that is one of the most iconic movies of the 2010s. Absolutely. And I just, I wish as a community, we could get past this. It's, I think it's a silly conversation. I think it's so dry to be the person who makes these kinds of comments about superhero films or comic book characters and also it's played out all these people who keep talking about the bubbles gonna burst and all that stuff yeah the first billion dollar movie you said the bubble was gonna burst the second the third the hits keep coming and it hasn't stopped for 20 years so when is this gonna happen you know what what is this bubble you're talking about uh let's just enjoy it or don't if you don't like it don't enjoy it, but you don't have to keep harping on it. And I don't think that uh, Henry, uh, what's his name? Hen- Henry Graham. Um, Henry Graham. Graham. I don't think that uh, he intended 
for this to be taken harshly. I think he was speaking the way that a lot of people speak. It's a casual dismissal of the entire group of characters and worlds and stories rather than something that's malicious. So nothing here is intended to come across as harsh towards him. It's to the idea that he's expressing and this school of thought that I just think is tired. Yeah. And I think we get, we'd get better movies, by the way. We would get, if, if, if we always felt how Marvel feels now about their movies, if we always got movies that felt true to the comics and weren't ashamed of them, comic book movies would have started to get really good a long time ago. And they knew it before because Superman by Richard Donner feels like Superman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel ashamed. And I think Batman by Tim Burton is, is unabashedly Batman. Agreed. And Spider-Man by Sam Raimi. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They look different from each other and they're not necessarily as like uh, colorful and bombastic in exactly the same ways as the comics, but they capture the spirit of those books to a T. And Richard Donner, Tim Burton and Sam Raimi are all directors, directors, right? The type of person that casually shoots these things down is just the type of person that wants to sound important or like better than it's the same type of person that tries to anticipate the bubble popping listen we all know there's likely to be a point at some point where this bubble pops and like like people that are enjoying it aren't trying to predict it they you know there's along for the ride like it's a it's a it's an arrogance in like wanting to sound self-important to like trying to anticipate like oh this fad will pop one day it's not popped now. And like Sean said, it hasn't popped in 20 years. It might be another 30 years. It might be another 40 years. And it might not be because people lose interest in it. It could be a myriad of reasons. But why even prognosticate? Yeah, and you yeah. won't you won't be right when it eventually yeah. happens. Because you, it, it's like the doomsday prep people. Like, yes. oh, the world's going to end. All right. Yeah. Down the line, you're 100% correct. But you saying it every year, you're just you're just gambling. You're just rolling yep. the dice. And one time, you're going to land on six. Yes. Are we going to say, Marco? I will say, I think when when my Swamp Thing uh, movie <laughs> comes out, I think you know that'll be a game changer. It, it it's definitely not going to be a superhero movie. He's famously, Swamp Thing is not a superhero. Um, oh, this pretentious son of a bitch. I you know it's going to be dark, moody, complex. You know throw in a keyword it's it's gonna be that and uh yeah just stay tuned you know we're, we're trying to move we're trying to move the medium uh beyond what we see on the big screen okay guys you know what sean the bubble will pop when marco makes his swamp thing movie <laughs> you're absolutely right that will be the end of film <laughs> uh let us know your thoughts about that subject or anything else we talked about here on the show by writing to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com or leaving us a comment in the comment section of wherever you're hearing this. Uh, follow, leave a rating and a review to help us out, and like, share, and subscribe over on YouTube. Uh, it's super important if you guys tell your friends uh, that you like our show, that you enjoy what we do out here, give them a link to subscribe. Uh, join our Discord server as well. Haven't plugged that in a couple of weeks. Um, it's a really fun place. I, I, I really think so. We've had a few people... Uh, recently joined on board, including one who was an absolute troll. Um, mm. So you can read that fun conversation if you join our Discord. 
Uh, and then, of course, I want to make sure you guys listen to the Maximum Carnage book club that we did. It was a lot of fun. Run those numbers up. Give that a listen. I think if you want to, if you want to like read something that is going to be a turn your brain off book uh, that you can just have a good time with, Maximum Carnage is great for that. Especially if you've got Spider Man on the brain with the trailer, now's the perfect time to read that book and listen to our podcast about it. We had a blast. We think you will too. Uh, listen to Journey into Quistry. Uh, it will be available on VOD. Within a couple of days, uh, we'll tweet it out when it is available. We'll tweet it. We'll Instagram it. So look for that. And uh, also look for our uh, what if reviews and our comic book reviews. If you've been wondering where our book reviews are at, they're every Wednesday and Thursday for Image on Wednesdays, everything else on Image on Wednesdays, everything else on Thursdays. Uh, Give that a listen as well. Marco, hit your plug. You can follow me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Come, let's see, let's see. Oh, you know what? That was me open up a can of whoop ass for Journey into Quiz Tree. <laughs> so you can go watch that while I absolutely dominate. Uh, I will be your new uh, overlord for the next month. I can say that completely confidently. Um, you'll have to just go see how much, by how many points I, I end up winning. And talk to me about anime. You know, that's good shit. I, I just realized I neglected the entire rest of the episode to mention why Pete was gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Pete he was had... really upset by the this conversation, this main topic. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't <laughs> handle it. So he had to leave. Uh, but he's at loud underscore Pete. He's got a really cool podcast called Flip Screen Games uh, that, uh, you know, they talk about all the cool stuff happening in games and Nintendo news and uh, really, really cool stuff. Join their Patreon um, and listen to their show. Uh, they, they also stream uh, every Thursday so you can watch them play cool games like Pokemon Unite. Mm. Um, and then he's got a band uh, called Long Friend Time Friend. Yeah, nice. Yep. And they are, uh, they've got an album out called If Me Dies, Me Dies. So go listen to that on Spotify, run those numbers up and uh, buy it if you like it. Phil, go ahead. You got it. Uh, the aforementioned Kale failed to join us today. I want to say he's prepping for Journey in Equestry, but we all know that's not true. And his win last month was a total fluke. That's right. It was. I stand by that, Sean. Thank you, you could, bro. You can follow him uh, at Toto and Toe on Instagram and Twitter and check out his stuff at kaleward.com. And as for me, uh, you can hit me up at Twitter and Instagram at Cyborg Bebop. Uh, you can tell me what you think of this new Cowboy Bebop movie that's getting some, some buzz. What, what do you think about it? Too. I don't know yet, man. I don't know. That's why. Uh, let me know what you guys think, and uh, I'm interested in hearing opinions. As for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Soapbox. I'm in between games right now because I beat God of War. I'm not sure what to play. Hit me up if you've got any games that you feel like I should be uh, jumping on. And also, so so excited for the Matrix Four, Matrix Resurrections. We now know. Uh, they showed some footage at uh, CinemaCon, and I wasn't there, so I'm very sad. With that, we are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Uh, Marco, enjoy your W, dude. Bye. Thank you.